My name is Robert Hawkins. It's uh, 6.42 a.m. on Saturday, May 23rd. Approximately seven hours ago, something attacked the city. I don't know what it is. If you found this tape, I mean, if you're watching this right now, then you probably know more about it than I do. Hey, yo, what's going on, friends? Yes, we are here back again, reviewing a movie this time for the start of 2024. This is episode 23 in Madness Pod. My name is Sean the Butcher. I'm here with Vertebrae 33. What's up, dude? What's going on, Sean? How are you? How are things? Um, I'm great. How are you feeling? A little under the weather, but uh, nothing that this movie couldn't help me with. You got a couple of boogies? I got a few, and I got a whole pocket. I got a whole pocket. <laughs> you can't see it, and I got a cup of green green tea. What kind of and, mug? Uh, oh, oh my God! Should we talk about? We're gonna Do ruin it. this whole episode. Go, this go this mug is. Uh, there was a movie on Netflix called The Midnight Sky, with George Clooney. It was based off of a book. It's a tremendous book and a really cool movie, and he has a mug in the movie. And I was determined to get to find this mug. And I found this mug. And it's like an Ikea mug. <laughs> That's what they used. But anyway, so this love, mug was in the Midnight Sky, which is not the movie we did. I love your mug uh, obsession. Um, make sure you follow us on the socials at In Madness Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Threads. Uh, hit us in the mail sack after mm-hmm. we finish this movie. Our next point five, we will be getting to Apple reviews and reading your emails, however positive or negative any questions you have about the past year of In Madness Pod. Make sure you check us out on YouTube where you can see Vertebrae 33 holding up his boogie tissues. Now, if there was any reason to subscribe to our YouTube to watch In Madness, is right. to see what mug he's holding and showing you and the boogie tissues. And I will say the tissues are empty. They're just tissues for I now. threw in my kangaroo pouch. But yeah, but maybe you could catch me. And look, I'm trying for 2024. I'm trying to get closer because I, I would look at these things on YouTube and I'm like, I'm like, I'm five miles away and and the camera's right up on you. You're like, so Batman like I got to be. Cave. Yeah, I was like way like I'm off mic now, but I was way see it go off mic for a sec was way back there. But now I'm I'm, I'm trying to be cool like you, Sean. I'm the I'm the opposite of cool. Make sure you check out the In Madness Spotify playlist where we rack up all the songs from all the movies that we talk about, whether there's a sample in it or whether uh, a song has sampled a clip from the movie, uh, anything like that on the In Madness Spotify playlist. Uh, happy In Madness Monday from myself to you if you are listening on In Madness Monday when we drop a brand new episode every single week it is something we started in the middle of last year just to make this even cooler um and i'm having fun dropping these episodes tell your friends if you are enjoying this podcast if you are following us on the socials if you're liking what you're hearing liking what you're seeing tell your friends do the reviews leave the comments uh let's push this let's spread the madness worldwide vertebrae told me we have listeners throughout the universe throughout the galaxy and uh, that's great to hear. Uh, do you have and does the vinyl for this movie exist, Vertebrae? The vinyl for this movie does not exist because there's literally one track for this movie. That's it. But the movie we're doing, hold, hold on. Mm, oh, there's props. Oh, are the you going to do first where, person? The movie we're t- <laughs> there it is. The movie we're doing. I'm getting is- nauseous. 
getting nauseous already. The movie we're doing is Cloverfield. Right now, I got to fix my computer here. Uh, I don't have a separate camera. So for those of you at home, I just grabbed the entire computer and it was like this 27 inch computer and moving it around. But Cloverfield released January 18th, 2008. Uh, the now classic found footage monster movie. And Sean, do you, before we get into all kind of the stats, because there's a lot of heavy hitters involved in this film too. Uh, behind the scenes and before we get into all that do you remember when you first saw it uh i mean i have a tirade i'm gonna i'm about to go on so i think you might want to hit yours before i hit mine because yes i do and there's a there's a story before we get to it okay so do you want to you want me to go first yes go ahead okay go ahead so i i saw it in the theater uh i actually at the time 2008 I uh, was a subscriber to Entertainment Weekly, and they sent out an email that said you could go see this new movie, Cloverfield, at some like advanced preview or something in this in Manhattan, in New York, in I think like Gramercy area maybe. And uh, I happened to get tickets, so I went with my wife, and and actually I still have. Hold on cool i found them but i still have oh the posters and what's crazy about these posters and you'll see you can see them on youtube is these mini posters like four of them i took like four and they're in perfect condition i don't even know where they how i got them home like this but anyway um so there's a buzz about this movie we can get into all of the social media all of the not social media it wasn't but it was uh, all the online buzz about it all the mystery that they build up about this and um so we get to the theater and we know it's a monster movie right so we get to the theater and it's you know as we get into it here it's moving the camera's moving all over the place and i'm like i don't know this is i feel a little bit queasy right in the beginning and then i look at my wife and she's like super queasy Right. So she's like, ah, she's like closing her eyes and putting her head down. And some people I see are getting up and leaving. And I was so torn, Sean, because she's in the seat and she's soaking wet, like sweating and like nervous and like getting, you know, starting to get dizzy and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, what do I do? Because they're going to show this monster. Like, I need to see it. I got to see this monster. But like, I have to take care of my wife at the same time like i was and eventually she kind of just got her it gets better as the movie goes along i thought it was that i adjusted better but i actually think it just gets better as the movie goes along there's a lot more long shots there's a lot more things being held in the beginning it is none of that and it is super shaky and so she gutted out and, and sat there, <laughs> slumped in the seat and kind of closed her eyes for a little bit and then opened them. And she got to see the monster and I got to see the monster. It didn't have to be a bad husband because I thought like if she leaves the theater, I have to follow her. But if she gets up and leaves the theater, then like they're going to as soon as I walk out, there's going to be a monster clear as day on screen because that was the whole thing. Right. We don't know. They didn't show it. They didn't completely show it throughout the movie. You're going to get one shot where you see it perfectly. Um, so yeah, so saw it in the theater in 2008 and still have the four, uh, collector's posters here from it. 
Uh, so what I have to do, I mean, I'm not trying to one up you, I swear to God, but no, no, do, it's fine. I do have an immaculate full sized signed by the cast movie poster that That's I awesome. got from work. Um, but what I don't have is like a Cloverfield shirt or the Cloverfield monster to put on my shelf with my Godzilla's. And that's something, I mean, I know one exists cause I've probably seen it on Instagram, but I, mm-hmm. I, it just hit me as I was doing this, that like, I don't have like a Cloverfield monster toy. And I feel like with the amount that I love this movie, it is definitely something that I need to own. Um, so uh, I don't know what uh movie i was originally seeing in theaters but imagine my surprise because this came out in 2008 and at that time i you know i am i i feel like i'm the solo godzilla diehard maniac like there wasn't the gigantism of godzilla fanfare that there is now in 2024 so i'm sitting there my lonely little godzilla self and then all of a sudden uh, sitting in the theater and the trailer for Cloverfield pops up and the Statue of Liberty's head is skidding across the floor and I'm just sitting in the theater losing my goddamn mind. Is this a new Godzilla movie? Like, I'm like, what? what it, what is this? Is this a new American franchise? Uh, I was just excited as hell. I was all in on the hype for the movie. Mm. I was on the website. I was reading the website, going through the government files, the whole thing. Mm. Um, all the all the classified footage and all that. Um, there's the connection with the drink. I don't know if we get into the connection with the drink. We can get into that. Slusho, yeah. Slusho, yes. Um, so there's there's. I was all in. I was like, what is Slusho and what is this and what is that? Um, okay, so so I have my story. That wasn't the story. I have my story about the first time I saw Cloverfield. Um, the movie comes out. It's the same time I'm working for Opie and Anthony on Sirius XM. And the entire crew uh, that they all came up to promote the movie and that my man Roland got me the poster signed by everybody. Nice. Um, so I don't think anybody loved the movie as much as I did. So they were just like, here, take it. We we don't want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the entire Opie Anthony crew gets invited to a screening of Cloverfield. And this isn't like a screening for like, you know, I, I don't know if anybody from the movie was there. It was for... Uh, journalists and and people Uh reviewing the movie um all the newspapers the magazines they wanted to write the reviews or whatever uh and the same day we got invited to the premiere was luckily the same day that the legendary comedian patrice o'neill was visiting in the studio he is one of the greatest of all time and uh we went to the premiere of cloverfield with patrice o'neill and uh never in my life could i have imagined uh, the scenario uh, this movie I've been like stoked to see for months and now I'm going to an early screening and just coming along. Cause he's got nothing else better to do that afternoon is this legend Patrice O'Neill. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, he talked through the entire movie and pissed off all of the reviewers who were around him. And it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, I will be totally honest. Like, cause if it's me, and there's a group of loud kids at the theater. Yes, uh, I absolutely uh, cannot stand them. However, now I'm in on the bit because I know I'm at a movie with Patrice O'Neill and you know it's just going to be funny as hell. So the entire time I'm just like laughing my ass off. And it was just it was just like a legendary experience. Sometimes I feel like I dreamed it. Like I mm. don't know if it actually happened, um, but I yeah. know it happened because I was there. And it is a moment I will never forget seeing the this movie for the first time uh with patrice o'neill that's that's how i first saw cloverfield that's awesome you know it's crazy that we both saw 
this is a movie we both saw in the theater. This is a movie we both saw in advance. Right? We both saw, that's that'll never it's never gonna happen again. This is it. This is the only time. So I think that's the movie, the only movie I've ever seen in advance. I've seen things on opening night, but this was like a whatever. So yeah. Wow. That's really cool. So and I love Blair Witch Project, right? Because that came out like before this, right? Yeah, definitely. And I love Godzilla. And this is like smashing those worlds together. Mm. So I was like, I'm gonna love this friggin' movie. Um, so of course I went to see it after, of course, without Patrice, and I got to take yeah. it in more. Um, so I'm ready. Are you ready? Do you have anything you want to start with before we go? Do you want to get into anything or you want to get into it as we go along? Whatever uh, the only thing I want to ask is before we jump on, you said very quickly to me that you were nervous that you were going to get a text from me about this movie. Did you think I didn't like this movie? So uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know. I was going to ask if you'd have ever seen it before. I didn't know if this was your first viewing of it. Uh, yeah, I didn't know if this was going to be. I didn't know that you were a hardcore, hardcore Cloverfield, uh, even though you've been constantly bringing and you. this was your idea to do this movie also. like mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought that uh it would just be one that you were like no this is too ridiculous i cannot bear to deal with this movie Uh, and i was hoping not because it is it is one it is one of my favorite movies of all time like for an american nice monster godzilla-esque-esque movie uh Mm -hmm. it is it is it is the king to me i love it i love it and and that's what uh producer jj abrams wanted right so he wanted this he famously tells this story about going to Japan with his son and seeing Godzilla toys and everything and thinking we need to have a kind of an American, you know, iconic creature as well. Um, we'll get into we'll just get into a few things here. The creature was designed by Neville Page, who's a famous creature, special effects designer, who was also known for being a judge on the show Face Off, this tremendous uh, special effects show and he's done props and effects for everything from prometheus Mm. to the watchman to minority report and super eight and stars into darkness so he's done a few along with jj abrams company the creature animation was done by tippet studios so phil tippet's studios and phil tippet's Super famous guy. If you don't know him, Google him and you're going to be surprised that you don't. And they worked on a ton of films from Robocop to the new Star Wars movies to The Ring, Hellboy, Men in Black. So we've got heavy hitters right there on the creature side. And then we've got it directed by our buddy, Matt Reeves, the Batman, Mm. the War of the Planet of the Apes. So Mm. we've got that produced by J.J. Abrams. So Mm -hmm. it's J.J. Mission Impossible 3, Star Wars Force Awakens. He was in TV. He created a bunch of shows, Felicity, Alias, Lost, Fringe. And he did some of these with, along with Matt Reeves. Apparently him and Matt Reeves knew each other since they were young. And they made like Super 8 films together and stuff. So that's pretty cool. And it was written by Drew Goddard, who's kind of a longtime collaborator with them as well. He started writing uh, episodes of Buffy, and he wrote for Alias and Lost. But we also know him as making his directorial debut with The Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. So we've got The Cabin in the Woods. We've got J.J. Abrams. And then we've got Matt Reeves, our buddy from The Batman and the the newer Planet of the Apes movies, all rolled together. 
So pretty impressive group. Um, the cast is Lizzie Kaplan as Marlena, Jessica Lucas as Lily, TJ Miller as HUD, Michael Stahl David as Rob Hawkins, Mike Vogel as Jason Hawkins, Odette Annabelle as Beth McIntyre. And right off the bat, even though I hadn't seen this movie in a long time, and you know, full disclosure, watched it feeling really, really sick already. Something jumped out at me that would have never jumped out at me before when I saw it, but the last name Hawkins jumped out at me right away because I was like, Hawkins, Hawkins, Hawkins Elementary from Stranger Things, Hawkins everything from Stranger Things. And I'm like, okay, because they use, they're just chock full of references. So there's that. Do we want to get into, before we get into the movie, do we want to get into the monster's origin or do you want to kind of stop as we go along into the movie we i i I mean (laughs) i for me i feel like that's at the end for to be totally honest okay yeah Um, let's get it let's get into that because it's 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 all over the place and just we set the scene for everybody if you haven't seen this movie please watch it i don't know why you're listening you should stop listening and go watch it and this this movie sets a different standard for these types of movies there were found found footage movies before this for sure a bunch and and big ones but right blair which i assume was before this that was in the late 90s maybe yeah early Early 2000s right so um somebody will write in and tell us we didn't do our research on found footage movies but there's honestly there's so much to talk about this movie and i did not get into all of the viral marketing for it because there was just way too much. But I remember being sucked in by it when this movie was about to come out. And I remember Matt Reeves talks about in the commentary, there's a part in the trailer where he's like, they say like, what? It's huge. It's alive. It's something, right? That's Matt Reeves' voice. And I he mentions this, and I remember this. People were like, no, he's saying it's a lion. And like for like a couple days, there were just millions of posts online on message boards and all these sci-fi message boards and everything. Like it's a lie and it's a lie because nobody knew. And we see the Statue of Liberty head with like what looks like it could have been claw marks across it. So amazing. But uh, what a tremendous job they did building this up. J.J. Abrams is notorious for the mystery box, they call it. He's not as good at completing sometimes and finishing off the story that everyone seems to love. But I think part of that is he creates so many mysteries that you're bound to like annoy people when it's solved. Right. I think that's what it is. He creates so much of this cool stuff leading into it that you're going to get a good percentage of people who have their own beliefs in what it is. And even if you tell them it's a different way, like they're not going to believe you. They're going to be disappointed. The hype yeah. is too huge. Yeah. Blair Witch was 99. So, yeah, th- that's the precedent. Definitely. Um, yeah. Bla- Blair Witch walked so Cloverfield could run. So right in the beginning, before the movie even starts, as the production company is responsible for releasing the film or just being shown on the screen, bad robot and such, mm-hmm. we hear stomping footsteps in the background which is exactly the way the original Godzilla 1954 starts. So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, they they just they're just they know what I want and they're just shoving it in my face, which I love. Right. Right away. Um 
the movie begins with the emergency broadcast color bars from back in the day with the emergency broadcast tone, which is immediately like a very disturbing tone. Mm -hmm. uh, we see we're watching a video from the U.S. Department of Defense. Another image shows on the screen property property of the U.S. government do not duplicate. So we know we're seeing something we're not supposed to be seeing, which is a great setup. On the screen flashes the info of this tape gathered from a digital SD card, multiple sightings of case designated Cloverfield. It says uh -huh. camera retrieved at area formerly known as Central Park. Formerly? Whoa. <laughs> Mind you, uh, we went to see this premiere of this movie with Patrice O'Neill blocks away from Central Park, right where all of this happens. So, like, uh -huh. I felt like I was right in the middle of all of this. Right. So and, you know, some of this filmed in Paramount's backlot. Some is green screen, and then they did do a small percentage of filming in, in actual New York City. It's not a huge percentage of it, but it's a small percentage. They kind of came in and picked up a bunch of other shots. Obviously, it costs more cost-effective to do it on a back lot, but they do a tremendous job of weaving in things that are green screen along with actual New York City landmarks and even where they're at central park is a different park not central park that they're filming it at but then they eventually do film parts of it there and it just gets all cut together and and i would say they do this really well too because it's it, it's somebody filming this so themselves so there wouldn't be cuts there wouldn't be camera cuts so they had to be creative on how they were going to have camera cuts and things take place and how to splice stuff in so tremendous job Everything we see for the duration of this film is from the point of view of this camera. It's 6 a.m. It's early morning, high rise, midtown Manhattan. Ugh, rich kids. The camera's overlooking Central Park. Again, blowing my mind because it's overlooking the same blocks that I just walked to get to the theater of this movie. I feel like mm -hmm. that one shot is actually Manhattan. Uh, the dude holding the camera says it's 6 a.m. Beth, Beth's dad's place. Her dad's out of town. It's already a good day. He wakes up Beth. His name is Rob. She asks what he's doing. They stare at each other lovingly. Cut to them goofing around. A few minutes later, it's revealed Beth's never been to Coney Island. Rob is shocked. He's got to take her. She takes a camera <laughs> from him, asks what else they're going to do, and the camera cuts. Another dude's got the camera. He's screaming, it's not my camera. Is this thing on? As the camera's flailing all over the place, making people throw up. This was probably the point where everyone started uh, getting up and walking out of the theater. I would yeah, imagine. he was the worst filmer of the group. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's flailing all over the goddamn place. His girlfriend is yelling at him. They're headed to this party. She's like, I want you to go around with your brother's camera. So this is Rob's brother. She wants him to get testimonials from everyone. He's like, it's not a wedding. He's annoyed. He has to do it. He says he doesn't know how to work the camera and the camera cuts. It cuts back mm -hmm. in and we see Rob and Beth on the train. And, and so Sean, this, this cast, when they're bringing this cast together, all this cast knows is that they're filming a movie for J.J. Abrams, and it's a Paramount film. This was a big deal. This was when J.J. just kind of was getting things kicked off for him, and, and he's got this deal, this huge deal, as far as movies go, that is, huge deal with Paramount. So all they know when they're bringing him in is they just want camaraderie. They just want to get them to, to get along. So a, a lot of them are... I have no idea it's going to be a monster movie. They're thinking, okay, Felicity, this is going to be 20-somethings in Manhattan. You know, they just want to see the way we relate to each other. And so the cast, because they're, the secrecy on this film was so huge when they were filming it throughout the entire film. 
and you were only on a need to know basis when you were doing it and copies of the script or, you know, parts are just given out to certain people and that's it. And in the making of doc, you see a lot of them sort of reprimanding extras saying like, Hey, this is top secret, what you're going to see. So just, you know, um, so in turn, these actors are going through this journey together on the making of this film. So they do become close. They do become friends and sort of witness some of this stuff as it's happening at the same time. And with people like TJ Miller, who can improvise right away, Mm -hmm. they get this, they get this natural relationship that they're building. So um, it's really interesting that what this movie is known for is the found footage and the monster and all of the marketing and everything. But then there's this other layer to it of how these characters naturally relate to each other, which I think they do a tremendous job with as well. The camera cuts back in. It's Rob's brother and his girlfriend. They're in the bodega. They're picking up party goods. We cut to them walking upstairs, arguing. He's saying he doesn't want to get testimonials. They're arguing all the way up to the front door. They run into the party and Rob's brother approaches HUD who he immediately enlists to take camera testimonial job. HUD is reluctant, but then is stoked when he finds out that Marlene is going to be at the party. And then he's sold. Our new cameraman is HUD for the rest of this movie. Mm -hmm. He begins taking testimonials immediately from Rob's brother, who is wishing him luck on his trip to Japan, which is cool. I like that they linked Japan in with this film. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, HUD goes around the party getting more footage from Randos congratulating Rob on his Japan trip. Turns out Rob's got a new vice president job he's taking out there. HUD stops Marlena and makes his move. He asks for a testimonial. She reluctantly gives one, even though she doesn't really know Rob well. She knows his <laughs> brother's girlfriend, but HUD begs her and she gives her testimonial. <laughs> Everyone's quieting down to surprise Rob as he walks in. Everyone yells surprise. They chant for Rob to give a speech. And we see a person filming the speech with their own little digital camera. And I had heard part of the lore or whatever was that they were going to make a sequel using different points of views from other people's cameras and such. But that never transpired. Oh, yeah. Oh, I never yeah. that I, that I never heard. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that would have been for the different points of view of this is night. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of yeah. this of what's about to happen. It's like the same story, but just from different people's point of view. Yeah, I don't know what that would hold up as a as a film. It is glaring though to see the the phones that they're using. They have like the, a lot of the like Nokia's and I think it is it's the flippy phones. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> Rob thanks everybody at the party. HUD does a quick one-on-one with Rob who asks if uh, Beth is coming, but HUD doesn't know. He hasn't seen her. A while passes. HUD is having the time of his life. He's filming and in walks Beth with her new boyfriend. Dun, mm. dun, dun. Rob gets bummed. He cuts to HUD. Uh, cut to HUD filming Beth talking, having fun. Cut to Rob sitting lonely, sulking in a dark corner, taking shots of Saki. HUD asks him if he's okay. Uh, he asks if that's his camera. HUD doesn't know because Rob's brother just gave it to him. Rob mm-hmm. asks if they switched the tape because he had a tape in there. But we know damn well they didn't switch the tape because anytime it cuts in and out, we see his date with Beth that he was going on to Coney Island. Which was a- April 27th. So this is May 22nd. So, right? One one month, yeah. W- one month and she's got a new boyfriend? Or it it's funny. They say, like, 
when they list this movie, they say something about them supposedly, right? It's hidden. It's a secret. So they're just keeping it a secret and he doesn't want to, can we get into that? Like why, why they're keeping it a secret from everybody? Uh, Oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. You want to get into that when we get to it? I'm just curious, but it's only been a month. Yeah. Yes. Um, Yeah. And maybe it's not her boyfriend. Maybe it's just a friend of hers and he misjudged it. I don't like that guy, Sean. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he's in another movie I really want us to do, uh, As Above, So Below, which is like phenomenal movie, I think. Um, but yeah, no, he he does. He's got that face. And he's like, hey, what's up, guy? And it's like, Shh, get out of my party. I don't know you. Get out of my party. Uh, Rob gets bummed. He knows his uh, date tape is now gone because HUD is taped over the whole thing. <laughs> which, how does that even work with an SD card? Oh, right. Yeah, see, that's the VHS. You gotta love that VHS mindset. The VHS mentality, yeah. Put some scotch tape on it so you can record yeah. over something. But who doesn't love but, a good VHS? But I don't know how it works for the SD card unless there's fast forwarding and maybe there's fast forwarding, like you hit the button by accident and it fast forwards, and then you record over the other piece. I don't know. Somebody write in and tell us if you're an expert on SD cards and if this is even possible or plausible, write us at inmadness at gmail.com and let us know. Yeah, I didn't give out the email in the beginning. In madness at gmail, in madnesspod at gmail.com. Oh, I gave out the wrong one. (laughs) (laughs) Ask us anything about our past year of episodes. Uh, HUD goes up to Uh, Beth. He asks her for a testimonial. She seems sad, tells Rob she's happy for him. She's really going to miss him. Rob steps into the room, grabs Beth, and asks to speak with her outside. HUD runs up to Jason, who is Rob's brother, and tells him something is going on. His bro doesn't want to be bothered, so HUD goes on the investigation. He cracks open the door. Rob and Beth are arguing. She says he never called her. He can't believe she brought a date to the party. She said they haven't spoke in weeks, four weeks, apparently. And mm. then they bust HUD for filming them having this argument. So Lily. <laughs> I love which, <laughs> throughout the movie, HUD's always like, I'm supposed to be filming. Like, this is my job. Like, this is documenting. I'm documenting. He's got a great line coming up soon. Uh, Lily, Jason's girlfriend, pulls HUD into the apartment, tells him not to film them. HUD goes to Jason and tells him what's going on. We see Jason wearing the slusho shirt. Do you want to mm-hmm. quickly give some slusho detail? So slusho was like a slushy drink type thing. Tell me if I get this wrong, Sean. I honestly but- don't know the specifics of it, to be okay. totally honest. Okay. So... I will say, first of all, it's a, a big part of the marketing campaign for this movie was stuff with Slusho. When you were digging into the viral campaign for this, there was tons of Slusho stuff. So it, it's a classic slush beverage. The special ingredient is Seabed's Nectar, which apparently gives it an addictive quality. And the company claims that it makes people extremely healthy. And then if we jump forward, if we can weave into one of the theories, there's a belief that them sort of mining this seabed's nectar is what's opened up the chasm. Crevasse. I'm a crevasse (laughs) in the ocean or this, the, the river or wherever it is that originally came from. And I guess it would be the ocean then, right? The seabed's nectar. I don't think they're getting that out of the Hudson River. That would be quite a drink. <laughs> Could you imagine? Just sludge and slime. Oh, that's the conspiracy that Slusho is. 
Yeah. So I don't know where they're getting this seabed's nectar from. I, I, I would be hard pressed to think they're not even getting it in the Atlantic Ocean. Right? I so yeah, uh, yeah. I would think it, it's it was somewhere, it was just somewhere exotic. Yeah. yeah, I think it's somewhere exotic and the and and they're getting it, or they could just be lying. It's just tap water. But um that kind of weaves into it and their flavors are uh blueberry zoom. Chocolate Rage, Nasha, Banana Anime, Strawberry Tasty. So they they went all out in creating this brand. Right, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think there was a website. The Slusher website is kind of what kicked off all I think this so. viral marketing, and people could dig into that a little bit. Um, and I think this website now in 2024 has become active again, or they're starting to ramp up some website stuff for potential future films or properties I would, like to, I would like to think something is happening because everything that happened after this movie after 10 cloverfield lane i feel like just did not tickle me even nearly as much as this movie did if anything, oh you know what i did not Sean, like any of the sequels yeah no oh so I, in my prep for this movie i watched the other two since i was down for the count and not feeling well and i liked them yeah and we could get into cloverfield paradox a little at the end of this if you want mm. Mm. it got me thinking for sure uh, on a lot of things but uh i don't know maybe we should do them as like a bunch if we're going to talk about both of them but the cluster, i tried yeah. not to let me seeing them interject into this because i want us to capture and talk about it like we're seeing it when it came out and we're sort of figuring it out as we go along and i kind of like to think of it as a standalone movie so to me nothing else even exists right and i think it i think i think that was the intention with 10 cloverfield lane is to have it exist on its own i think paradox then tried to weave everything together and um into a nice bunch and have them connect up in some way but i think they were sort of going with it's an interesting way to do it to create this movie and then to not create an actual sequel to this film whereas that was what everybody was clamoring for and is still clamoring for a direct sequel to this film i just hope it's not found footage we can just go another way with it there figure something else out hopefully yeah we don't need hopefully it's better than the 10 foot alien footage i sent you <laughs> maybe why is it blurry in 2024? <laughs> the men approach Lily, who seems to know the dirt. She says Rob and Beth slept together. They can't believe she knows, and they don't. And immediately, Hud approaches everyone at the party, telling them that Rob and Beth slept together. As so, a, yep, go oh, ahead. Sorry. So they're supposed to be friends. Nobody's supposed to know this. They got this other relationship going on. And then Rob takes this job in Japan presumably that's going to keep him from sort of committing to her in any way and and off we go but nobody kind of knew about any of this but they all thought it yeah okay. you always suspect it you could smell it as he's doing this beth walks in pissed off she grabs her date to go rob walks in pissed off she tells rob good luck in japan and he tells beth's date good luck tonight travis mm. beth gets pissed and leaves Get out, Travis. Get the hell out of my house. Lily gets mad and tells Jason and Hud they need to talk to Rob. Rob says it was a spur-of-the-moment thing. 
The guys say Beth was mad that Rob blew her off. He said he's leaving to Japan. What's he supposed to do? The guys are pressing Rob, telling him they know that Beth and Rob are in love. His brother says, it's all about moments. You got to learn to say, forget the world and hang on to the people that care, uh, that care about you most. <laughs> and then something happens. There's a big explosion or earthquake or impact or something. Everything mm-hmm. starts going haywire. The lights go out. Alarms are going off. Everyone's freaking out. What the hell was that? Whole party's freaking out. Was it an earthquake? No one knows. They put on News 1, which is the local uh, news here in, in New York. Yeah, New York 1. New York 1. Uh, and a reporter says, a possible earthquake in lower Manhattan nearby in New York Harbor. We're getting word of an oil tanker capsizing near the Statue of Liberty. The guys know it's nearby, so they head to the roof. They go to the top of the building. They hear sirens and ambulances. Some of the party uh, goers thinking it's another terrorist attack since we're post 9-11 here. HUD right. goes up I, I want to address that when we get to another scene. Actually, yes. But... Yes. HUD goes up to Rob and asks him what's going on. He tells him he should have left to Japan a little earlier. For a second, the guys laugh. It <laughs> will be their last. An enormous explosion far out in the distance everyone is stunned until they notice debris heading right towards them shooting down like meteors out of the sky everyone wants runs the stairwell to escape the camera cuts in and out it's twisting and turning total chaos in the stairwell they get down to the street it's flooded with people running away hud looks down the street we see a building smoke everyone's freaking out where's jason rob's brother which my friends Brings me to my making of the alpacas moment. Yes, this was my exact moment. I wrote in all caps in my notes. I was like, Sean and I 100% have to have this. And this is what happened in the trailer. They even they showed the milking of the alpacas moment in the trailer, and it it blew my mind in the trailer, and it blew my mind when I saw it happen in the movie. And you know what's crazy? Before we get to the moment, and I'm going to let you describe it in detail. They did this trailer was made while they were still filming this movie. They were still writing this movie as they were filming this movie. They were making the trailer for this movie as they were filming this movie. And they knew they needed to have that scene in it. And they went in and dipped in and did a couple party scene shots that they wove in later on when they actually filmed them. Literally, the trailer drops and they're just knee deep and still working on this film when it dropped. That's what I like to hear. Total chaos. They look in the direction of the smoke and something comes flying towards them like it was thrown. It hits a building. It comes down loudly. It's clanging down the street they're standing on, coming directly towards them. Everyone screams, runs out of the way. HUD gets this perfect shot of this big thing clanging down the street, destroying cars, light poles, everything in its path. It comes skidding to a stop right in front of them, and it's the head of the Statue of Liberty. Whoa. And a direct nod to the Escape from New York poster with this big Statue of Liberty head. And yep, and JJ calls it out and says that that's where he got that kind of concept from. So cool. Yeah. Or I'm Matt posting Reed, that. Which one? Posting that on the socials side by side in Madness Pod. Excuse me. Everyone's freaking out. HUD zooms in on the statue's face, and you can almost see claw marks on it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a lion. <laughs> Everyone is standing there taking their own photos of it. Out runs Jason, Rob's brother. He is safe for now. 
There's a giant rumble. The ground shakes. HUD zooms down the street. The head, uh, the street that the head came flying down and in the smoke, we see something move. You can't tell what it is, what you're looking at, but something is moving. It looks like a chicken mm-hmm. leg or something. <laughs> HUD is freaking out, asking everybody if they saw it. Of course they didn't. Everyone's looking at the Statue of Liberty's head in the middle of the goddamn street. We hear another noise. Everyone looks back in shock and we see a building come crumbling to the ground and a large plume of smoke races down the block. Everyone runs for cover. They run into a bodega. HUD is asking everyone if they saw it. We see outside the window the plume of smoke rolling down the street. People are running in the store screaming. HUD's freaking out. He's like, Rob, I saw it. We hear these enormous impacts. Like this creature is walking and every step it takes there's like a mini earthquake the camera's shaking around and hud goes rob i saw it it's alive Mm. and boom another step causes an impact and it blows out all the glass in the store and the entire store fills up with smoke i love that quote from hud Mm -hmm. so hud puts down the camera everyone's choking from the dust and the smoke The camera, as it's on the floor, is still shaking from every step this creature is taking. Off in the distance, we hear it scream. Everyone leaves the store, and the entire block is in flames and destroyed. Fires, smoke, dust, people panicking, coughing, choking. We hear hear ambulances in the distance, and out stumbles Marlena in bad shape. And so we both saw this movie. We both live in New York. We both saw this movie in Manhattan seven years after 9-11 and this this stuff even seven years out was was hard to look at i mean this is exactly what you would just see on news footage people covered in dust and debris injured people people coughing people stumbling around dazed i mean they obviously and they mentioned going into that news footage and kind of looking at it um it's amazing i wonder how it affects other people that see it who didn't live in the area or i mean we were both watching it in manhattan when we saw it um do you i don't want to go deep into it sean but we should we should ask each other because we've never have where were you for 9 11 i i i i i think it was a tuesday and mm-hmm. uh, I think I slept through the whole thing. Unfortunately, uh, I, wow. I was completely well. Not the whole the thing, world. but the whole morning part of it. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I woke up till like eleven a.m. And I yeah. had like people beeping me on my beeper. Oh yes, the beeper. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's how. That's how I found out. That's crazy. So I worked uh, at the time. I worked at the New York Historical Society in in the city, and was living in Queens, and so. I think plane hit and I still went to work because I didn't know what was going on. And then the trains weren't, I got off the trains and I was walking and then I got to the historical society, which is right near the museum of natural history, right along central park. And the security guard was like closing these giant doors that they have. And he's like, we're closed. Where are you? You got to go home. And I was like, what do you mean? I got to go home. And then people started to talk about it. And then I had to get back to Queens so no trains are running. Oof. So I walked, I walked Oof. back. I lived in Astoria at the time. And so I started to walk back and I got around that, like where the CBS building stuff is and everything and the big screens. And there were like the jets flying overhead down fifth Avenue. 
and people are crying and everyone's car doors were open and nobody knew what was going on. And then I remember what I was walking across the bridge to Queens and people were riding in like soda trucks and stuff. Like the sides of the trucks are open as they're empty and they were letting people climb in to ride them across. And I was walking with some dude for a while. So we just kind of started talking and I did what I always do in situations like that. I started kind of making jokes because not about what was happening, but just about kind of myself or us. Um, and when we got to the middle of the bridge, I was like, well, if they, if the, they take out the bridge right now, I guess we're done or whatever. And he just kind of looked at me. It was like, how could you be? And I was like, I don't know any other way to, to be right now. I'm just going to keep saying dumb things because I have I, you ever it, seen color out of space. It's a great movie. I think you should see color out of space and listen to this atmospheric black metal band. It's the greatest thing. I've well, this ever is a long seen. time ago. To do that. Yeah. Before so, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was also, it was also the exact same day that Slayer's album. God hates yes. us all was released. Absolutely. And there's, there's all the advertising with it. I think I still have the decibel magazine with the ad in it. Um, and I bought that album kind of soon after this because I didn't get it to obviously the day it came out. And I remember listening to it when I was in Manhattan after that and just feeling really weird about everything. But it took me, I don't even know how many, it took me the entire day to walk from, you know, where the Museum of Natural History is all the way across. If you're in New York, you'll know how far that is into a story and people just walking in droves, uh, kind of not even really knowing what's going on. Now you're going to know everyone's so connected. You're going to be on Twitter. You're going to be wherever and you're going to see it. But it was literally people crowded on somebody's car and they had the radio on and they were explaining like what what had happened. So which we actually kind of get in a few minutes. Yeah. and And I think it's you know, we weren't, I'm not trying to claim that you and I were in the middle of any of it at all or whatever, but we were, you know, affected in some way by living in this area, you know, everyone in the country was affected in some way. And so this movie, you know, wrapping around the movie plays off of that and it plays off of seven years later. And I wonder when the first time is somebody felt comfortable enough to play off of it, but it's certainly for me, the most impactful version of that. And I would say the safest version of that for me to watch because it's got a monster in it. So my go-to are monsters. So it's not reality. It's not something awful happened. It's, oh, look at this monster and he's going to destroy things. It makes Godzilla's done this a million times. Yeah, yeah, it makes it a little bit easier, right? Just like Godzilla handles, you know, nuclear bombs and 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 we'll get into it when we do Godzilla how the weight of the of those movies but um certainly adding the monster in is what made me be okay with it i think but yeah, yeah this is if you've never seen Cloverfield, you stop this podcast right now. And go uh, right no, right I'm right you've had to. You've had you've had, had damn near 20 years to see Cloverfield. Uh, HUD's looking at the condition of the block they're standing on. The buildings seem to have claw marks in them. Cars are flipped over. Some are completely pancaked flat. He approaches people from the party, tells them he's got it on tape, and he goes to show them the tape. The camera cuts. Cuts back to Rob and Beth on the train to Coney Island. She's telling Rob this will be a great opportunity for him going to Japan. He asks if she thinks he should really go, and she gives him a long look. The camera cuts back again. Everyone's reacting because HUD just showed them the chicken leg that he filmed walking by. 
<laughs> everyone's freaking out no one can believe what they saw jason rob's brother tries calming everyone down they decide to get the hell out of manhattan hud goes over to tell lily and marlena they're leaving they get up and marlena comes out with it she says it was eating people mm. it was eating everyone whoa lily and hud look at each other concerned and they get the hell out of there they go to the brooklyn bridge chopper above them with spotlight telling everybody to keep moving see another guy filming with his own little camera which i figured would be part of the sequel where he was filming from his camera whatever <laughs> hud sees him filming and goes to focus on what he's looking at and it's a whole ship a cruise ship an army ship i don't know what kind of ship it is but it's on fire and it's smoking and it looks like it was picked up out of the water and thrown to wherever it's laying yeah, it's probably maybe like a ship that just carrying stuff. How they have those big um, container you know, the ship in the pr- container ships. Yeah, exactly. So, so on, when they're on the bridge, this is cutting back and forth. They did a little filming on the actual Brooklyn Bridge, but they did a good amount on a green screen too. So they cut back and forth between this green screen Brooklyn Bridge where they're just they built the bridge that they're walking on, and the rest of it is green screen. And and two, they they filmed this movie was shot in about 36 days, Sean. So completely in 36 days. I don't know how long they were in post-production with the special effects, but um, it's certainly, I think, the effects got helped a lot because they're of the way this is filmed, too. And they mention it in the... um, Not that they didn't do tremendous effects, but it can be grainy. It can be out of focus. It can be, you know, like every other supposed alien intervention that... (laughs) that we have on this planet it's suddenly out of focus or grainy um so that kind of helps them but it's pretty amazing they're they're cutting back and forth on this bridge scene is pretty pretty beautiful hud moves the camera to the left and there's the goddamn statue of liberty with its head missing and helicopters flying around it insane Rob is surprised HUD is still filming and HUD says people are going to want to know how it all went down. Mm. And also, Sean, the other Statue of Liberty reference would be Planet of the Apes, right? So Mm. you have the the end of Planet of the Apes and the Statue of Liberty and the head and everything there, too. So um, but the the shot of it in the street is very much like the poster from Escape from New York. I didn't even think of that. That's brilliant. Rob's phone begins ringing. It's Beth. Rob stops walking. Hud stops with them. Lily and Marlena walk ahead a little bit. They stop for Rob and Hud. Jason, however, Rob's brother, gets caught in the crowd and is further ahead of everybody. Beth Beth tells Rob she can't move. We get a tremor. Everything shakes. Hud points his camera down uh, to the cars under them on the bridge, and we see everybody in a panic running in the opposite direction. Mm. The crew tries to get together. They're screaming for Jason, who climbs a light pole to let them know where he is. Lily screams, Jason, watch out. And above him, we see a gigantic tail, some extension of whatever this being is, come crashing down right onto the bridge, right onto Jason, dead. The whole Brooklyn (laughs) Bridge breaks in half, begins crumbling, cables are snapping all coming right towards HUD as the bridge is collapsing. It's a dope shot. Amazing shot. It it does add to my, I have a lot of confusion about this monster, or dare I say monsters. Whoa. (laughs) 
and and part of it is right here with this mammoth tail and it's they were just in the street and it was there in the street now they're just in the bridge and it's back in the water and it's on the bridge and I mean, it can get around pretty fast. It's gigantic, I would imagine. Or they can get around pretty fast. Yeah, we'll get it. We can get into on part two of this episode. We're going to get into a few theories. They make it off the bridge. Hud, Rob, Lily, and Marlena get together. Lily is freaking out about Jason. Rob is freaking out about Jason and Beth, but mostly Beth. We see guys looting the electronics store. HUD is saying they got to get out of there. Rob's phone battery dies, so he runs into the electronics store. Inside, the TVs are on the news showing what just happened on the bridge, showing the tail of this creature breaking the bridge in half. On another screen, another gigantic reveal. HUD is watching the news, and they have an aerial shot of this beast, this gigantic monster in the middle of Manhattan. You don't fully see it because the vision is obstructed by buildings, but you can tell right there you got a fucking monster it is yeah. so cool and let's back up for a second uh because you know i gotta dig into the what was my word sean minutia for you on this but so film filmed in la so that electronic store is an actual electronic store in downtown la and they matt reeve says on the commentary that they put that sephora there because there's a sephora there and I guess the locals were like super excited that a Sephora was opening there, but it wasn't, but it wasn't actually opening there. They just put it in there for the, for the film. And it was going to be gone like a couple of days, like a day later or something. Um, but yeah, that's a actual electronic store in downtown LA. So they're, they're doing a good job of cutting back and forth here. And it does look like New York because of the goddamn Sephora. There's a Sephora on every other block in New York. So I I had no idea it was L.A. until you just said it because I 100% believe that it was like just shot somewhere in New York. Right. Uh, HUD looks outside, sees all these army trucks driving down the block. It's mandatory evacuation. We hear the creature again screaming off in the distance. Rob is freaking out looking for a new phone battery. HUD turns around. Everyone has stopped what they're doing and is sitting there watching the TV. They're showing a news report. We get these amazing shots on one TV. You see the military approaching it, these enormous legs and feet. Another TV has another aerial shot of the back of it, and it looks like it's got these really long, nasty arms and legs. And the news reporter says, it looks like there's something coming off of it. And we get a shot from the other TV. These little things are raining off of the creature. And once they hit the ground, they unravel into these gigantic scorpion bug monster goblin things and they start <laughs> attacking the army guys it is so sick yeah they're all freaking out trying to get rob out of the store he checks his messages it's beth she's crying she's trapped she can't move the whole wall of her apartment fell on her she's bleeding and trapped and rob is freaking out she ends the message saying help me rob oh <laughs> he stands there freaking out thinking to himself and makes up his mind he's going back to rescue beth and those little creatures are like these little parasites that live on these almost like kind of crustacean bug-like parasites that live off of the should we call them? I think they called them Clover at one point should we call them Clover should we name them Clover I, I yeah I, didn't, I never even had an, a name for it did you ever you never came up with the name for him yourself? 
No, no, no. I'm trying to. I just throw in beast and monster and all these cool gigantic words. Yeah, I don't have a name. <laughs> just Henry, Henry the monster. Yeah. But you call him Henry if you want. So they, they, these things are. It can't get any worse, can it, Sean? So this mm. giant thing comes out. It's destroying buildings, and then the crap that's falling off of it is parasites that have now decided that they don't want to be on their host anymore, and they're just going to drop off. And they want They're to eat host. you now. Yeah. And then they want to eat humans or bite them and do other things to them. But uh, yeah, it's that's a really cool idea. That's kind of a next level thinking. Like you went past just because then that creates, it gets so big that if you get away from it in one location, you could conceivably be safe. But now they've introduced this second organism much like the mist had multitude organisms introduced and that adds just another level of distress for our heroes i guess you would call them so the first thing my godzilla nerd ass thought of was godzilla 1985 it's one of my favorites i've mentioned it to you a lot Mm -hmm. in the beginning of godzilla 1985 it's something that happens that has never happened and is before or after this godzilla movie ever where there's a creature this little bug creature thing that kind of looks like a fly but like it's got godzilla-ish kind of it looks like an insect and Mm -hmm. like it's never explained ever it's it it, ever nothing of it and i'm like is this a thing that came off of godzilla Hmm. and the second i saw these things dropping off of it i was like oh did he see the same movie and think the same (laughs) thing I'm sure he uh, well, saw all of them. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that maybe one day. I mean, that's it, it's 85 is my top, one of my top two Godzilla movies ever. And yeah, there's a moment like that. And that was the first thing I thought of was like, yeah, they, and they've never done that in another Godzilla movie and they never explained why it was in that Godzilla movie. So, mm-hmm. uh, so HUD. Yep. Nope. That's it. We're good. HUD's freaking out. Lily's freaking out. Rob tells them, follow the military. He's going to go alone. They refuse to let him go alone. Rob says they can't They can talk him out of it. Lily insists on going with him. Marlena and HUD are not stoked. Mm-mm. They're walking through the street freaking out. HUD is uh, saying, call the cops. Call the fire department. Rob tried. No luck. They're walking. We see army trucks driving past. And boom, a block away, right in front of him, this enormous foot of this monster comes crashing down on a building. From behind them, rockets begin firing, machine guns begin blasting, the kids hide, they're yelling, screaming, the army's closing in, tanks, guns, rockets, the whole deal blasting away on the creature. HUD with his camera is going back and forth, and you're waiting. This is probably you in the theater when, you're, when your poor wife was sweating, and you're like, this, you know, you know it's, it's going to be right now because he's just flailing and you see a you see your elbow and you see a knee and you're like just just show me the face um, yeah whatever it is this. yes and we get uh, this creature yeah absolutely everybody's dying to to see it and i have to ask though like the military they got there fast sean like super fast maybe they knew the whole time huh Mm. HUD HUD alludes to that soon. Hmm. Uh, yeah, HUD catches a glimpse of these arms flailing. You hear the monster yell. It's being attacked. HUD sees Lily, Lily Rob, and Melena and signals them to run in the subway. They make a run for it. HUD is freaking out. They get to the subway, and here it comes. 
a gigantic foot crashes right down in front of HUD. He picks up the camera and clear as day, we see it. This monster. I don't even know how to describe it. Long arms, long legs, these animal-like bat skull head with these big sharp teeth. Yeah, and it has almost like these two, we see it later, almost like lungs on the top of its head where it's kind of breathing in and out. Um, It does uh, change sizes a bunch in this movie. We'll, We'll get to it. It's getting blasted by the army. It screams out in pain. Hud and the rest of the gang head down to the subway. There's a large explosion. They fall inside the subway. It's empty. They're all panicked, but they're all safe. Hmm. And that, my friends, I feel like is the perfect spot for us to take a break and get you prepared for next In Madness Monday, episode 23, In Madness Pod. Hmm. Cloverfield Part 2, one of my favorite monster movies of all time. I put this right up there with the Shin Godzillas and the Godzilla Minus Ones and the 1985s and the 1954s and 1956s. Cloverfield is in that realm. I love this movie. I love how I saw this movie. Rest in peace, Patrice O'Neill, one of the greatest of all time. I cannot believe what a ridiculous experience I like. I hold like, like, look at this. You sent me a picture of the DVD you have and there's reviews on it. On the front of my DVD, there's reviews on it. I guarantee you one of the dudes who wrote one of these reviews was in the theater that pissed that Patrice would piss it off. Like I, I, I think of that all the time. Um, I love, I love this movie. I'm so glad you love this movie. Hopefully if you're listening to this episode, you enjoyed this movie as well. I think it's like iconic. I think it's historic. And I love that there's people who just don't get it. They're like, Oh, I don't like, I'm not a big monster guy. And it's like, well, you're missing out. You're missing out because this is, <laughs> well, they're gold. not listening. I don't yeah. think the big, not big monster guys are probably not listening to this podcast as much, but we left everyone hanging. We've got them in the subway station here and you're gonna have to wait a week or if you're listening to us in the future when monsters have already taken over the planet you can listen to it whenever you want and it doesn't matter but we appreciate everyone taking the first part of the ride with us on this one and um yeah i don't have Is anything there a, to plug uh, come on plug your thing you posted it and i fucking love what you've been posting what do you would oh, plug it yeah just plug, just it. plug my uh merchandise of vertebrae 33 actually somebody sent a picture and we'll have to we'll have to post a photo of them with the shirt but um my merch is available at all hot topic stores any store you go into there's probably at least two of my designs hanging up on the wall you can order them online as well new stuff coming for 2024 so vertebrae 33.com check out all my other designs and artwork and in madness plug sean yes on the socials at in madness pod twitter instagram facebook and threads hit us in the mail sack in madness pod at gmail.com we are going to be reading your emails in uh, after the cloverfield wraps up for part two subscribe to the youtube page you can watch us you can hang out with us you can comment you can interact however you take in this podcast thank you for listening make sure you follow the in madness spotify playlist i don't know if we have any music that we will be adding from this movie to the Spotify or maybe the one song 
Yes, one said track. It's only one song, so add we will one. add that. Um, and make sure you tell your friends. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, spread the word, spread the madness worldwide. We want more people listening. 2024, bigger, better, everything is how we're doing it on this podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you for episode 23, part two in Madness Pod. Madness Pod.